Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio from the CEP Network. If you like what you hear, do us a favor and hit that subscribe button on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts and give us that five-star rating. Maybe even leave a review to let others know what you think of the show. And while you're at it, give us a like and a share on the socials and tell all your friends about the variety that you get right here on the CEP Network. The CEP Network has a promo code for one of the best nutrition and supplement companies in the business for you to use. Whether you're looking for a custom oatmeal, a multivitamin, a great tasting protein that you can order by the pound, or simply looking for a company you know you can trust to send you the best quality products available, True Nutrition has you covered. Just go to truenutrition.com, look at all of their great products, place your order, and when you go to make your payment, type in CEPN in the promo code box for 5% off of your entire order. It is that easy. It's that time of year again. The nights are getting cooler and fall is here. Cool weather means posting up in your favorite cozy spot with a cup of your favorite coffee, tea, or whiskey. Cool weather also means bonfires, hoodies, and putting your favorite beer or soda in a koozie. Well, we have you covered in all of those areas. Just go to buyjack.com CEP and get a hold of a mug, koozie, or hoodie and support Raised on the Radio and look great doing it. In this episode, we talk about the Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder trilogy fight, Dave Chappelle's new special, the Ariel Hawani and Brendan Shaw beef, and much, much more. If you would like to get a hold of Patrick Blair or myself, you can reach out on the social medias. You can reach us on the Raised on the Radios, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. And if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or topics you would like to get our thoughts on, don't hesitate to reach out. And now, let's get into this episode. Hey everybody, thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. I am one half of the show. I am Colt Brocato, my good friend Patrick Blair in Zoomland as usual. How are you this morning, sir? Fantastic. Good. Another Deontay Wilder loss. Uh-huh. Another Tyson Fury victory. Uh-huh. That was the trilo- that was the trilogy fight, right? Yeah. You didn't and... did you actually get to watch it or no? I did, yeah. Okay. Uh, it was a great fucking fight. It's one of the best heavyweight fights of all time. Really? Easily. Nice. Easily. You didn't watch it? I didn't. You you need to. Like whenever you find find a way to watch it. It's highly it was highly entertaining. Nice. Uh a little bit sloppy. So I actually was uh watching it with a boxing trainer friend of mine, and it is confirmed by he and many of the other boxing trainers I follow on Twitter and stuff that it was a sloppy fight. I didn't want to come on the show and say it was sloppy. Like I know anything at all, uh-huh. but it's been verified by people who do. <laughs> it was a little bit sloppy, but nonetheless. Is it slo- sloppy yeah. from both sides or sloppy yeah. from one individual? Yes. Oh, okay. Sloppy on both sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was it was such an entertaining fight. Good. Uh, Fury knocks him down in the second. Wilder knocks him down twice in the fourth. Wow. Um, and, the, you know, the second time he knocked him down, you're thinking, okay, but he didn't have much time left in the round. He had like I had 10, 15 seconds left in the round after he knocked him down the second time. A little bit more time left in that round. Maybe he finishes him. Maybe. Uh, Tyson Fury is really good at playing possum and kind of leading you to believe he's more hurt than he really is. Uh, but then after that, you know, I, I wouldn't say that Tyson Fury boxed his face off the way he did in the second fight, but he was controlling him. 
Tyson Fury went into that fight weighing 277. Jesus. But Wilder put on 20 pounds of muscle. Have you seen pictures of this motherfucker? I, I haven't. Say motherfucker but in the I, nicest way because I'm a fan. But, okay, so we're talking 20 pounds of muscle in, like, how how much time? 22 months. What, 22 months? 19 months? Whatever since the last fight? Damn, dude. dude. He is swole. He weighed in at 238. I believe for the last fight he weighed 214. 220, maybe. I can't remember exactly, but he's fought as low as like 214. What's he's the, weighed in as low as 214 for a heavyweight fight. What's the limit on uh, how much you can weigh in heavyweight and boxing? How much you can weigh? Yeah, does it matter? Is there a cutoff? It does. I don't think you can weigh over 300 pounds. I'd have to double check that. Okay. Because um, like UFC, isn't it 260? Isn't that the cutoff? 265. 265. Because there's still quite a few guys who have had to cut down to 265 to make and weight. Gonna, uh, or uh, what's his name? Derek Lewis does. Yeah. Uh, so I know you have to weigh 201 pounds is the lightest you can be. Is there a heavyweight limit box? Boxing weight class is top. Oh, there is no upper limit. Oh, my God. That's insane, yeah, right? Super heavyweight and amateur boxing. Well, look. So Tyson Fury, that's the heaviest he's ever weighed in for a fight. He's never been that heavy in the ring. Uh -huh. But Wilder, again, has never been this big. So in the fight, you're watching and you're going, he's tired. He's a lot. He's more tired than he's ever been. And you could tell the extra weight, the extra muscle was just. Was, not only that, you're carrying around extra weight. You're not used to it. And then, you, oh, by the way, you have a guy that weighs 280 pounds. <laughs> Fury Fury's strategy in this fight was to lean on him and wear him out. Yeah. And that's exactly what he did. And by the tenth round ninth, tenth round, Wilder had, I mean, that dude's got heart out of this world. I'll give it to him. He went out on his shield again, you know. Um, but you could tell he was he was not ready to carry that much weight and while throwing wilder bombs. Yeah. He was throwing those wilder one too. So he was throwing. <laughs> then he started throwing that looping right hand when he was getting desperate. Um, and you could just tell. And then I read something this morning that he doesn't run. I mean, how does he? He just gets cardio from like sparring and stuff. Then yeah, dude, he doesn't run. Whoa, which is insane to think about. Now, I don't know how true it is. It did come from another boxer. Uh -huh. That's who I read. I read the quote from another boxer who said I heard from whatever that he doesn't run. I mean, but I mean, you, that, that's, a, that's yeah, it's a pretty kind of a small statement though because it's not like that's the only way you can get cardio too. Just because he doesn't well, run. Do, well, I mean, doesn't well, mean that he doesn't like, you know, do a stair stepper all day long or something like that to get cardio. You know as well as I do that the stair stepper in the gym is not the same kind of cardio as getting out on the street, getting out on the roads, getting out on the grass and running long distance. It's not the same. Uh, okay, it's not the same. I would say, though, this is personal opinion. I would do the stair stepper for, for good cardio all day long before running. However, I don't know, man. It depends on the terrain, I guess, on where you're where you're running. Well, like uh, my, like up and my, up and down hills, you know, and uh, that's my point. Yeah, okay, I get I get what you're saying there. When but, you're when you're running, when you're conditioning your your stamina and your endurance endurance excuse me with the unpredictability of running roads 
yeah. meaning you don't know the hills. You don't, you, it's just a different thing. Uh, but, you know, um, running sucks. I mean, running does suck. I mean, I typically do the stair stepper. Yeah. Running stinks, uh, treadmill or outside. I just have shitty shins and knees at this point. Like, it's just so, I mean, I'm, not, I'm, I'm a small guy. Like, I couldn't imagine a guy, Deontay Wilder size. Right. It's got to be just nightmare. It's a nightmare on your fucking legs. Yeah. It's just, but nonetheless, uh, you could tell he was worn out. And, uh, but dude, look, he got a new trainer. He put on the extra weight. He put on the muscle. He looked fucking swole as fuck. Uh, he worked the jab that he just learned at 35 years old. Nice. He, he was using it in the early rounds. Yeah. Uh, now, did it throw off Fury? Not really. You know, Fury was, but he was using it, which is good mm-hmm. because that jab was was keeping him from moving backwards, which he can't do. And Fury wasn't able to make a move backwards to start the fight. So the jab was throwing Fury a little bit off balance and letting him kind of stay heavy on this front foot and then throw the combinations, which, you know, led to his success in the, the fourth round. Um, but, but yeah, Fury, uh, my, you know, my buddy was saying this, he's like, it's sloppy and he, and he might be hurt. Like, so he just didn't look like the same now was his intent to be like, I'm just going to be fat as fuck and put my weight on this guy and then use my boxing skills when I need to maybe. Cause he is really that good. You know, I think he's proven that. Do you, do you think he knew leading up to this fight that Wilder was putting on a lot more weight? Oh, yeah, you could tell. I mean, Wilder was okay. posting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, everyone knew. But... That, that just seems like one of those things where maybe if you stay silent up until you actually have yeah, to do the it's... promo, that maybe it benefits you a little bit. I think these days it's pretty hard to to, to contain that type of information uh, without letting it get to the public. I, I, it doesn't, I don't know. But um, fucking great fight, man. It's one yeah. of the, one of the, one of the best, most entertaining heavyweight fights. So ever. it did go to a decision? No, no, no. Oh, it didn't. Uh, okay. He TKO'd Wilder in the 11th. So okay. Close. It's getting there. Nice. Okay. But by, dude, by that point, and you got to watch the punch that it was. <sighs> Wilder was having a tough time when they would tie up. Sorry. Wilder was having a tough time when they would tie up. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, he, when, when they were inside like that, Fury was landing these, these check hooks and these, these short punches that just destroying Wilder. And that's a, a inevitably, you know, in the 11th round, they tied up. Fury kind of pushed him off a little bit and was able to land this, just this fucking, it, it's bad, you know. And you, you know, like I said, Wilder went out on his shield for sure because you could tell, again, he was exhausted and he was, you know, it was, I think by the eighth round, he's going off will and, and you know, just, you know not wanting to be finished and, and, and he's still having the ability to finish the fight himself. I mean, his right hand was still there and he was still landing. So, but, uh, so great fucking fight. Would you consider this to be the biggest fight of Wilder's career? The, the trilogy fight here, or would it maybe like the first fight been his big, his biggest fight of his career? Well, I mean, I don't know. That's tough to say. I don't know if it, I mean, his legacy, I feel, is still one of the greatest ever. Uh, just couldn't beat Tyson Fury. Had a trilogy with him. Knocked him down four times in in, in three fights. You know? That, I mean, come on. I mean, not for nothing, but that has to be acknowledged. Right, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's there's just a discrepancy in 
skill between the two. I think Fury's just proven he's just a better boxer. He's just knows how to get a guy out of there um, through skill and technique. And I guess my my question is from a guy who doesn't really know much about boxing: Is it like like gaining twenty pounds of muscle? Is that beneficial for him for for boxing a guy like Tyson Fury? Like is that been um, like does that does it give him more add more power in his in his throws? Does it? Uh, I mean, he's not you know he's not a type of guy I guess like Fury is where he's going to lean on you and try to gas you out. So I'm I'm just wondering could that have been a, a downfall more than anything adding that weight? It, it's it's hard to say. Like I said, most people who know better than I, like I've been reading about it all morning, mm-hmm. seem to think it had a negative impact on the fight. Um. But being stronger has to be beneficial when you have a guy that weighs 280 pounds leaning all over you. The problem that I saw with it, and this is what my buddy we kind of talked about last night, Wilder, for the most part in his career, has been an off-balance fighter. He doesn't have the best footwork. Last night it was clear as day that he was off-balance when he shouldn't have been. And I think it had a lot to do with just being tired from carrying the weight right. of himself. Right, and then, um, <laughs> right a fucking 280 pound fucking gorilla right. all over you, you know, mm-hmm. but again, I don't want to take anything away from either guy. I, I mean, for his legacy. Yeah. Maybe that was the most important fight. If he wins, obviously, I don't know, but what do you, I mean, the, the, here's what I want to happen. So the winner of this fight has a mandatory challenger. The winner of the Dylan white Otto Wallen fight fights Tyson Fury because he won. So okay. we have to wait even longer for the Fury Anthony Joshua fight. Now Anthony Joshua exercised the rematch clause in his contract to fight Alexander Usyk again, which will be a great fight. So if Anthony Joshua Anthony Joshua can find a way to get his belts back and Tyson Fury beats either Dylan White or Otto Wallen and the fucking Fury Joshua super fight in England doesn't happen. It's a robbery of all <laughs> robberies for boxing fans. <laughs> It's, it's seriously, it's the dumbest thing. That's my biggest complaint about boxing all the time. It's like we don't have champions fight other champions. Or when they do, it's finally way too late. So we'll see. But, yeah, you should go if you haven't, and this is you and anybody else, if you haven't seen that fight, go, go find a way to watch it. It's, so it's how, one of the best fights ever. How much time do we normally have in between boxing matches? Like if there was an average that you had to say, does it, does it, does it just vary? or uh, 14 months. I'll give you in between. So you're talking Fury has 14 months before he fights before he does his mandatory fight. I don't know. Well, let me find out when that Dylan White Wallen fight is. I know it's coming up soon. And then Joshua has another fight he has to do before he, the, it would even be possible to fight Fury yes. again. He wants to fight Usyk again. He wants to get his belts back. Um. So yeah, we're gonna be waiting. It's what it is, you know. Uh, Dylan White's next fight, uh, October thirtieth. So it's coming up. So that'll happen October thirtieth. Whenever Usyk and Joshua happens, I don't know. They haven't booked it yet. So they that, just that's still just that's still crazy. How, how old is Fury? Fury is thirty three. Okay, so he's thirty three, and you're t- and you figure this other fight happens this month. So we're yep. talking it could be over a year between that and Fury's next fight. Yep. Man. 
Yeah, he's 33. Wilder's 35. Joshua is 32. Let me see if I can. I have to. Wilder I have was to. 35. I have to imagine. Joshua's 31. I have to imagine the boxing in a way is like MMA as far as like most people are in their prime around this time, right? 31, uh, yeah. 32, 33 years old, something like that. But also yeah. a year is a long ass time, especially in the fighting world. Yeah. I mean, yes, but that's the way it is. <laughs> Dylan White's 33. So I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Either way, I'm, I'm excited. You know, I mean, Fury's already beat Dylan White. So it's like, if so Dylan White beats, he, well, I'm sorry, Fury's already beat Dylan White and Otto Wallen. So, like, seeing him fight one of those two guys a second time, am I curious? Sure. But, uh, I don't know. I'd rather just see him fight Joshua or Usyk because Usyk's undefeated. It's a really cool story. And he's a boxing technician. So seeing the two of them in there against each other, you might see if it might be boring to some people because I don't know if Alexander Usyk is big enough or has the power to knock out one of these guys, but who knows? Anyway. Hmm. Interesting. Y'all yeah, have to check it out. I haven't, I, like I said, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to watch the fight. The reason why I, I texted you last night asking if you were watching it because we were sitting at a Mexican restaurant and it was on, but it was earlier in the night. It wasn't that fight. Just a prelim, yeah, preliminary card. Mm -hmm. And you, yeah, it's so it's so weird to think about Wilder being the oldest out of that group of guys, but he is. Yeah, Fury looks like he's fifty. I don't know. You know how you know you want to know how you know you're getting older. I discovered this yesterday. Listening, go hang around drunk, twenty-one and twenty-two year olds. I actually I wanted to I wanted to bring that up because when I texted you last night you said you didn't know if you're going to be able to watch the fights and I didn't really go into it further on what you had going on or anything but then I seen some pictures on social media this morning that I guess you went to an Oktoberfest yesterday. Yeah, we went to Soulard Oktoberfest. We were we just kind of like it was kind of like spontaneous. I said, hey, that's today. We should just take our son and go listen to music and just hang out, mm -hmm. not stay long, not you know. And we're thinking it's going to be, you know, it's outside, so it's not going to be too bad as far as crowded goes. Um, and it was cool. It was fine. We had a good time. I mean, we didn't stay long, you know, two beers and that was it. We left. We just walked him around in the stroller, let him get out, run around a little bit. Um, but the area they had it in was much smaller than previous years that I've been to. It was a much more of a contained space, so it was pretty crowded. Really? Because I, I, I was just. I've only been to Sulot Oktoberfest once, and that was probably eight or nine years ago. Yeah. And it was just yeah, kind so of on. Probably it, where you were, it was probably more space. Oh, yeah. Sure. It, was, it was huge. And they, it yeah. was all like they hand out those massive mugs. I don't know if they still do or not, but. The Stein. Yeah. The Stein. Dude, it was just people. And we didn't get up there until like eight, eight o'clock at night. So you oh, know that people Jesus. were just falling drinking over themselves all day. yeah uh, those full steins just yeah, all yeah. day long they've been drinking 64 <laughs> ounces of beer all day it's fucking so this is my point so i was like i at some point had to look at my wife and go look at those drunk children and i was just and she looks over and i mean this kid was swaying back and forth he didn't have eyes he didn't have eyes anymore 
and it's just hammered. And I was like, fuck, I know I didn't look like this in public. Did I? She's like, yes, we both did. I was like, Jesus. Is this the first time you've had, like, w- was this your come to Jesus moment as far as like, man, I've gotten, I've gotten older. No, no. I no. Feel, like I said, dude, I'm a young pup. I feel fine. But we, we had like, but we had like young people on like a few occasions come up to us because we had you know we are who we are i don't need to get into that but we had our son kind of dressed up a little bit and had his vans on and his fucking maroon skinny jeans and his red hot chili pepper shirt and he's on the like dance floor like kind (laughs) of like dancing a little bit Uh and i had like legitimately a group of like the girls couldn't have been older than 21 come up to me and they're like your son is so adorable and you guys are the coolest parents and i'm like thank you you're hammered. Get away from me. <laughs> Give me six feet. <laughs> like, okay. So like, do you um, even know who red hot chili peppers are? <laughs> that's, uh, that's a good point. Um, See you now you're creeping into the, an area there too, as far as like feeling old. Cause when yeah. you are out in a crowd like that of people, a lot of those people probably don't know. Like I bet they, I bet those girls don't know who Incubus is. It's possible. It's possible. <laughs> But I don't think a lot of people know who Incubus is anymore, um, which is sad. But I've had so many band dudes, by the way, tell me that they can't stand Incubus. Really? It's it's bizarre, but I guess I get it. I don't know. Like, do they have they given a reason? Yeah, it's gay. Had a lot of guys say that to me. Hmm. Um, okay. <laughs> That's fine. Whatever you say, dude. I don't know. <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying. You know, guys say that. Um, not saying they should. Not saying. You know what I'm saying. If they don't like something, it's gay. That's that's. that's you, I've had a few. Do you? Guys. I mean, do you like? How do you? How do you take that as far as like? Do you, they like your music that you put out? Because you you would admit that Incubus is, has been an influence, or at least Brandon has been an influence on you pretty heavily. So do you do you take that insultingly? No, I'm not insulted by someone. Okay. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, no, <laughs> fuck that, a little bit. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's fine. It, I mean, it used to bother me, but I don't care anymore. Yeah. But I just, well, I was just a little bit, I was just a little bit surprised by it. I was like, really? You know, I, it, but I guess it's not for everybody. I, I just assumed most people liked them. But I, I've, I've, I've lately discovered more people that don't like incubus than do hmm. either way but back to these drunk 21 year olds so i had my first dad experience with drunk kids and i knew it would happen eventually because i am a dad now and we do like to go out you know we still like to go out and have a good time mm-hmm. you know responsibly of course so but we're we're walking through soulard with my son and his stroller and there's this group of like eight fucking 21 year old dudes right uh hammered hammered and they're like blocking the entrance to a sidewalk and they see me and my wife coming with a stroller right Mm -hmm. i know they see us but they don't move out of the way so like of course me being defensive dad's like and i look at her i was like these motherfuckers better move we're like you know we're like 20 feet away I know they see us. Nobody moves an inch. Uh-huh. They just kind of turn their backs on us and go back to their drunken 21-year-old conversation. And I look at her and I go, these motherfuckers better move. Like, we better not have to ask. Because <laughs> that's the difference. I was like, and this is what I said to her after we 
get by these guys. I was like, listen, I've been a drunk shithead, 21 year old hood rat, right? I was doing hood rat things in hood rat places. But if I saw a couple with their baby walking toward me, I would kindly get out of their way. Right. Regardless of how hammered I was. These fuckers didn't move. Wow. We had to be like, excuse us, excuse us, excuse us. And then I turn around and like, oh, and they like moved out of the way. Just say, yeah, oh my God. And I just look at my wife. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. She's like, whatever. Let's just keep walking. And that's so what I looked at her. I go, I was never like that. I was never like that. I was a hood rat, but I was never like that. You have a baby. Excuse me. You can go by. Like, it's like, come on. Right. Oh, you're 85 years old and have a cane. Excuse me. Go. You can get by. Right. Like, I don't know. Have you had this experience yet? I mean, I know you're. You're uh, only 24 at this point, but right. Uh-huh. Uh, no, not really. I haven't really had a, a, a certain moment where I just look around and it just feels like I'm older than everyone, but I'm kind of middle ground as far as age goes, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. I think we blend in well, but yesterday it was, it was pretty apparent that they, we were, we were around drunk kids. For the right. most part, I mean, but it was Oktoberfest attracts old people, uh, you know, older, older folks as well. Right. We certainly weren't the oldest people there. That's not what I'm saying, but you know, these beer lines, you're just looking at them like, God damn, that's a that's a me too moment right there. Get away from him. I would just like see girl. I'm like, don't talk to him. You shouldn't be talking to him. I know what he's trying to do. <laughs> you, you should walk the other way. Don't. Anyway, um, we actually this uh, one we. Ours was a little different yesterday, and I, I wonder, like our, our scenario, because I wonder if it's a little different because it was a craft beer-type festival that we went to. So we actually went to, it's called Street Fest. I don't know if this is the first yeah. year they've had it or not. I've This is the first year I knew about it, um, but it's up on the street in front of Main & Mill Brewery in Festus, um, which Main & Mill is a craft brewery. They had like 14 beers on tap yesterday. But there wasn't. Will be speaking Chinese to me right now. Yeah, but I'll let you tell me where those things are later. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's in downtown Festus, but um, where the fuck is Festus? I don't know. Maybe you don't live in Festus. I'm about thirty minutes south of Festus. You drove thirty. Okay. Did you take your son? We did. How was that? It was the first. I would say the the first like actual outing that we've had with him. Uh, We've gotten him out and taken him to like we went and picked up some decorations for the yard like you know fall type stuff and everything but other than that this is like the first outing that we've had and actually went really well he he was good with the music and everything we kept him in a stroller the whole time sure um and then we realized when we got there that we forgot his headphones i mean his uh ear or whatever they're called um but apparent like apparently a when a baby's in a stroller that stroller muffles sound really well because my wife was like in the middle of a crowd, like sticking her head in it just to make sure that it wasn't too loud for him because we were right. stuck because they had stages set up and there was a stage over here and a stage over here. So you could only get so far away from one stage because of the sound being too loud before you get into another stage sound. Right. So you were just kind of right. stuck in the middle. But uh, it was a good time. But like I said, it was it was a craft beer more uh, kind of deal. I mean, they had like... Michelob Ultra and stuff like that, but it, it just, I don't know. I think when it, when it comes to craft beer, younger kids just aren't into it that much or not no, as much. Blood Light. Right, exactly. Which is what they were serving yesterday. I was like, 
I walked up to the tent and I was like thinking, all right, I'm going to get some kind of cool German beer. No, it was Bud Light, Stella, and Shock Top. Yeah. I was like, well, two Stellas, please, because those are some <laughs> shitty options. That would have been my choice, too. We actually, after afterwards, we came back towards our house, and we stopped at a Mexican restaurant and ate, and uh, I ordered a Budweiser. And they the, the waitress brought me, it, think, thinking about like how you were talking about how you're nice to people uh, just a while yeah. ago, for the most part, and uh, she brought me a Bud Light. And my wife looks at me and goes, you ordered a Bud Light? And I said, no, I ordered a Budweiser. Well, I think I said it too loud. I wasn't trying to be an ass, but I did. And the wife just came back over. She goes, oh, did I order the wrong beer? Did I give you the wrong beer? I was like, yeah, I ordered a Budweiser, but it's okay. I'll drink it. It's not a big deal. It's fine. She's like, are you sure? I'll get, she's like, I'll get you, a, I'll get you a Budweiser. I was like, no, I'm fine. I'll, I'll drink the Bud Light. It's fine. And then I was Bud drinking. Is- I was drinking. And I was like, oh, this tastes like garbage. This Bud is so, this is so it's terrible. Gar- it's garbage. Oh. <laughs> garbage. <laughs> Um, it was not good. God, it sucks. That was the it's, first. That was yeah. the first one I've had in a long time. That might be the only time I would be a beer snob. And you're like, hey, somebody's like, hey, you want a beer? Sure. And they hand me a bud. I'm like, oh, you got, you got anything else? What if they give you hey, like hey, a Michelob you, Golden Light? <laughs> much rather have that than Bud Light. <laughs> really? Oh, for fuck yeah, dude. Yes, <laughs> Bud Light is terrible. It is terrible. Golden Light's actually not bad. I don't know if I've ever drank not it. Not great. It's not great, but it's not bad. Um, and I've had several people like, when I'm like, yeah, just I'd rather have a PBR than all of those shitty, you know, domestic light beers. I 100 percent would. Is the worst. Really? I'm like, no, it's really not. Oh, okay, okay. I it thought has, you were. I thought it you has were so saying much that. More flavor. Yeah, for no, sure. No, I would never say that. Yeah, P, but it's PBR and Bush are the two that I go to to have in my fridge, like. Craft beer is my go-to for the most part, but once I get to where I want to with craft beer and then I want to level off, Bush or PBR is my go-to. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd rather have Stag than Bush at this point I'm a st- now. I, I, used to be I, Bush. I like Stag too. Uh, man, they they were selling like that, that Stag Bold and that Stag Session around us yeah. for a while, and now I can't find it anywhere. That Bold was good too. Yeah, they're good. They're all three of them are good. Yeah, the session's okay. It's not. Eh. I mean, it's like it's a right. stag light, basically. I've drank ten of those for me to. Uh huh. You know. Yeah, it's. I don't know. Um. <clears throat> well, that's cool that you took them out. At uh, Festus, I have no idea. No <laughs> clue. <laughs> when you texted me that too, I was like, oh yeah, and I I I, I apologize. I even forgot to text you back about that. Um. Because when you texted me, I was actually recording. Yeah. Or on my way to go record. Um, and I didn't know how long that was going to take. That's why I said, you know, Oktoberfest was kind of spontaneous. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it was a good time. Uh, there, there was some bands. They they had bands going on from 2 o'clock until 11. Yeah. Um, Ryan Chaney was the one that we went to watch. He had... He was doing his solo stuff, but he also had a full band behind him. He had Matt Benny and Al Coretta and Derek... Uh, uh, Derek Husky behind him doing his stuff. Uh, but then like Steve Ewing was finishing the night from like nine to 11. Really? Yeah. I wish I, w- I wish I could have stayed for that, but we were just, you know, you know how that is with a, a baby and a big oh, crowd yeah. and all that, you know, we stayed it for five 30. We, we were like, Hey, it's time to go home. Uh huh. Yeah. We, well, we didn't get there until like four, four thirty or so. Yeah. We got there like four, four ish. Um, 
that that you know of that course, of course i had of course of course back to the last show i think we talked about this when you said you know of course i had a bathroom issue as soon as oh really <laughs> fuck it dude it's like it's like it's like my body no oh you're in public around people <laughs> you better run to the bathroom because this is an emergency it's ridiculous dude <laughs> felt nothing in the car felt nothing when i parked felt nothing walking but as soon as we got to the entrance it's like i got a shit this is great i was like babe hold on gotta hit a johnny <sighs> so that took up about you know so that was like a waste of 20 minutes yeah anyway my probably the newest experience for me as far as like taking a kid out is that your schedule isn't a schedule anymore like before, you could say, I'm going to leave my house at 3.30. We'll get there at 4. We'll hang out for a few hours, drink a couple of beers, and then we'll go home. Now it's like, we'll, we're going to leave at 3, and the kids should be able to take a bottle like 2.30. Like we've got this planned out, like the three-hour mark, 2.30, he'll take his bottle, we'll change his diaper, we'll get in the car, we'll be good to go. No, he sleeps through that. Then we drive there. Then we have to sit in the back of the car while he takes a bottle that takes 45 minutes because he's nursing the whole thing then change his diaper in the car then take him into the crowd so it's like an hour and a half later than we normally would have been able to get there it's just it's i i don't mind it at all because it's him but it's just it's interesting like you have to life's not the easiest thing in the world anymore having to plan it around a kid's schedule too yeah you'll get there it'll 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 get better yeah i'm sure but yeah in the beginning it's like yeah don't don't on time means nothing to you mm-hmm. in the beginning. Yeah. Um, but it'll get better. I don't know. I'm saying this as I had to go grab my son from his nap because he wouldn't nap. So <laughs> what can you do? But yeah, it'll get better. It's cool. But it, we still like taking him out too. That's the best thing. Yeah. It's like, and he enjoys it as well. Like very rarely have we been and i think there's only like i can count maybe one or two times where we've had him in public and he's been a problem like really crabby we actually got in the beginning got compliments like your baby is so happy and so well behaved I'm like only a matter of time but then now that he's i guess technically speaking he's a toddler walking around and he's still pretty good seems to enjoy it so whatever yeah, we were. I was worried at first because he was not content when we first got there. He he was, it was a very new experience. He's never been around this many people at one time, sure. and a lot of noises going on that he's never heard, and stuff like that. But in the end, he actually, like through the band playing and stuff, he was content and and good. So I was, ex- I'm pretty excited about that. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that's the, the routine from now on whenever we go and do things. Yeah. Yeah, my kid's going to be deaf like me because we had him right by the speakers. That's probably so stupid. <laughs> what can you do? Meanwhile, we're like a good football field away from the stage, and my wife's still like sticking her head in the stroller, hoping hoping that it's muffled enough to where we're it's not literally affecting by the his ears. <laughs> like two feet away. <laughs> what can you do? Yeah. Um, you know. So have you canceled Dave Chappelle yet in your house? No, absolutely not. If nothing else, I've... Uh, I respect him more. Dave Chappelle. I respect him more. Why? why? So, just, just because of Dave Chappelle, you know, a lot of people call him the goat. And I, I'm, he probably I'm probably in that camp too. 
I mean, I, I, there's a lot of comedians that I really respect and I really like other than him, but he has a way of, in his storytelling, to tell a story about someone, put them in a positive light and a negative light in the story, and go. he can attack a community of people, but still have an underlying positive reason on why he's doing it. Yeah. And like show both sides of a story while he's in the middle of his storytelling. Yeah. He's probably the best storyteller of all time. Yeah. When it comes to comedians. Probably. Um, so I would agree with that. But I don't feel like he attacks a group of people. You don't think so? No. I feel like he critiques and analyzes okay, a group okay. of people. Okay, I'll give you that. If there's one takeaway, and again, for people that don't know, he just put out a special. It's called The Closer. It's on Netflix. And of course, he's under heat from the trans and LGBTQ community mm-hmm. for some things that he said. And it's not new. I mean, he's been through this before. And I think because he's been through this before, it is why he chose to do it in the way that he did it on this special. And he even said he's not going to talk about it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I don't feel like he's attacking. I feel like he's being critical of a group of people. Much like people have been critical of his people. Right. I think it's pretty fair for him to go, oh, okay. Well, then I get, so, and you know, he even says, it's like his attack, and he used the word attack. He's like, his attack isn't on the LGBTQ or trans community. It's on white people, which made me fucking laugh harder <laughs> than most of the stuff in the which makes so much sense if you think about it. Mm-hmm. That's probably the most progressive thing that he said during that special because it was the setup to the last thing that he said mm-hmm. was, you know, stop punching down on my people. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And by his people, he means the African-American community. Right. That was the last thing that he said. But that with without that setup of like, well, I'm not worried about trans or gay or lesbian. I'm worried about white people. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make as much sense. And it doesn't and it doesn't lead into the great story that he told about the trans woman Mm -hmm. that he knows or that he knew. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a fantastic fucking human. uh, Just a human story. Like if you don't like if we forget about it, if you don't like his comedy, you don't like his comedy. But if you don't hear that story and have a little bit of sort of empathy, you have to have some kind of empathy. Um, and again, I don't want to tell the story because I will butcher it. So if you haven't go listen to it. Right. He tells a great story about knowing a trans woman. Um, <clears throat> and then to be honest with you, would you and let me ask you this, because I thought about this. Would you have preferred he ended it on the joke where he was like, I knew your father. He was a great woman. That would have been a good closer. That's like a mic drop moment. That was right? hilarious. Yeah. But <clears throat> I do. You can't. Well, let me, let me, we got back up to the original thing. You haven't canceled him. I don't think you can. Yeah. Isn't the point of having fuck you money is being able to say fuck you to anyone and everyone. Yeah, he's also in this this uh, different situation than everyone else too, right? Because he's got fuck you money, and he's also like off. He's not on the map whenever he's not doing shows and stuff, right? 
He just lives in his own little spot in Ohio, I think, right? And mm-hmm. just flies around to do shows like in small, like smaller places whenever he wants to. And you don't really hear much about him anymore until he comes out with a special and he, you know, does his thing and then he goes back home. Like you yeah. don't you don't really see that somebody having that much money and just doing whatever they want when they want, and then just go, going off the map again. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's his advantage that it he is. has over a lot of people, for sure. It is, but I'll tell you but what. That, but I think that only goes so far. I mean, it's not like he lives under a rock. Yeah. You know what I mean? hmm Does he like to be kind of – well, here's what I like about him. He wants to go to a shitty hood rat bar in Ohio and not be bothered mm-hmm. by the social commentary that he does in his comedy. Right. Right. Uh huh. Well, good luck, Dave. But <laughs> you're still Dave Chappelle. <laughs> you're famous, and you're going. And he knows he pisses people off, but he stills like, "Well, I'm, I'm doing a thing, but now I'm not." Uh huh. And it was like he told the story about the lady that followed him to his car. Mm-hmm. You know, who was upset about his material, and he was like, "Well, did I did I follow you to your car and do my act for you? No, you saw it on YouTube." Go look it up. Ta-ta. Or like leave it in the comments section, bitch, or whatever he said. Like, uh-huh. But that's all real. Mm-hmm. Like he's right. Again, think he's wrong about a lot of the things that he says. If you're offended that he calls, he says the word bitch. If you're offended, if he, but he's right mm-hmm. about a lot of these things. He's correct. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is no one better at social commentary than he is because I think I said this on one of our other episodes, but he has a very, in my opinion, this is just my opinion. He's a very unique point of view on social commentary because of who he is. Mm-hmm. He is an African-American man married, married to an Asian woman has biracially or biracial kids with an Asian woman, but has been very, 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 open about his relationships with everyone else mm-hmm. gay people and then in this special trans people white people you know i just think he has a unique point of view not to say that other people don't i'm not saying he's the only one with this point of view i mean but he takes that point of view and really uses it to his advantage when he wants to tell these stories or when he wants to do social commentary especially when he's in trouble mm-hmm you know, he talks about the fact that the <clears throat> um, baby could go into a Walmart in North Carolina and shoot somebody, but he couldn't go into the bathroom. Right. I mean, I think he's poking holes in some glaring issues there mm-hmm. uh, that no one wants to talk about. They just want to cancel him because he's saying things they don't like. You know, the this is going to sound weird and it may be just my dumb brain but the most profound statement that he made in that whole thing for me was he was talking about people attacking him on twitter and right. his comment was and that doesn't bother me at all because twitter's not a real place and then he right. just and he just left it at that and i was like you know there's millions and millions of people on this thing called twitter that you can just attack whoever you want to in comment sections and whatever, but it's not a real place. So why does it matter? It's just, it that was like the most pro- profound statement he made in that whole, uh, that whole special for me. 
I would have, yeah. I mean, it's up there for sure. But you can't cancel them. Netflix yeah. isn't going to cancel them. It is, you know. Netflix doesn't care much, right? I don't think so. Not so much, no. Who is it? Didn't they pull someone's shit after they got in trouble? Mm, I don't know. Let me think about this. Maybe not. Um, I, I could have swore they did. Either way. Hang on. Did yeah, they? You know, you, was that part of that Jesse Smollett thing? No. No? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. <clears throat> but uh, the other the other thing that he talks about is and what I thought was also not profound, but it was important to say is he gave the definition of what a feminist is. And he said, well, mm-hmm. in that case, then I'm a feminist, which he used again later on in the special. I don't know, man. I, he is the goat, dude. That. Yeah. I was five minutes in and I had already fucking had been laughing out loud. I mean, you know, gut busting laughing out loud five minutes into the thing. And mm-hmm. I was remember texting you. I was like, I'm 20 minutes in and I'm, I, but I also was 20 minutes in and I go, I haven't really seen the problem yet. And I still don't. But then when I got about 30 minutes in, I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> now I, now, now I see, but I, I, I'm, he gets to say what he wants. It's freedom of speech. I don't know why we have to keep saying this. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you say something that makes some people feel uncomfortable doesn't mean there should be consequences to that. Um, just don't listen to him. Right. I don't know why we have to keep saying that too, but just don't, then don't watch a special. I still think it's going to get worse, but it, it, do, do it mean, does suck. Explain. I mean, that we we are already saying that it sucks that we have to keep saying this, but I just feel like it's going to get worse before it gets better. As far as... Ha- well, you're probably... You're, you're, as far as people getting right. people getting canceled and things like that for something that they said that, okay, you chose to take offense to that. Yeah. But why isn't it okay to be confused about things that are unfamiliar to you? And if speaking about them in an open forum and an honest way is the way that you need to get gain that understanding, what's wrong with that? I mean, I guess it depends on how you are saying it, right? Because a lot of people can take the way that Chappelle was laying everything out as attacking a certain community of people, right? I mean, yeah, I know but, what people but are you're, saying but that, you're, but, but I just but, don't see how it's an attack. I'm going to say you're only attacked if you feel attacked and you choose if you feel attacked. Yeah. If you're recreationally offended by things. Right. Well, <laughs> sorry. Sorry for those folks. I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not dumb. Like, I'm not ignorant to the fact that people do get offended uh, by things that are said from specific people. You know. Uh, I also know that people don't think I deserve a voice in this matter because I'm a straight, white, privileged male yeah. who has never been offended ever. You're kind of right. <laughs> I keep, I always lean on that Louis C.K. joke. And, but it also lets you be on the outside looking in too, right? Well, look, just because I, quote, can't be offended and I have privilege does not mean that I can't get educated to situations. Right. 
Well, so I'm not allowed to have information. Is that what you're saying? Because right. I already have privilege, so I can't have information. Right. I can't ask questions. I can't have conversations. I can't listen to your point of view and then you listen to my point of view or vice versa. Like, what does that mean? <clears throat> you know, I, and so just because I may have said something 10 years ago in a conversation, it means that automatically that's how I feel about a group of people. Well, what was the context of that, that conversation? You don't know, right? You're just, you're going, you're lumping me in with a group of people because I, a word came out of my mouth. Right. I'm not saying I've ever said anything like that. I'm just saying, I'm using that as an example. Like that's what's happening to people. Um, yeah, it's, it's scary, dude. But like you said, it's probably going to get worse. And I, you're, you're not wrong, but you know, we've, we've had this conversation before when we were talking about that Tony Hinchcliffe situation and we brought up Shane Gillis being canceled because of that. It's context. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Or just con I guess context does not matter. What do you mean doesn't matter? I think to it matters. I think it matters to more. I think it matters. Oh, okay. Okay. Never mind. I was people who complain in comment sections. Yeah. I don't know. In TikTok. Well, yeah, because it, it's always like we've said, it's always clickbait stuff. You know, like TikTok. That's a minute. You can take a minute out of a whole one-hour interview with somebody. And probably shame them for it. But if you would lis listen to the whole story, you may have a different view on it. But the clickbait is that one minute. Yeah. And the, head the headline that they tagged to it. But that's always the funniest thing to me is that someone will look at one of our videos and just ignore the idea that, that we say, this is from a podcast episode, it's one minute, and just ignore the context of the conversation. Mm -hmm. And they'll just pick that one thing that perhaps is inaccurate or incorrect or they don't agree with. Mm -hmm. I think it's very clear that we're we're giving opinions, right? I'm allowed to have a different opinion than some dickwad on tw on TikTok, right? I don't know. We might have to no, might have, I have to look to through agree the with everything they say. Yeah, you might have to look I through have the bylaws of everything. The person who doesn't have a profile picture, who doesn't have any followers, who hasn't posted anything on TikTok, I have to agree with that person. Especially if it has to do with Mighty Ducks. That's true. <laughs> who knew? Who knew I would offend so many people with my dislike for the Mighty Ducks trilogy? But that was out of context. True. What was the whole point of that conversation? It was me saying Gordon Bombay is a piece of shit. And why are they still letting their kids around him? Yeah. That was the point. It wasn't about Charlie Conway. See what I'm saying, man? Yeah. I don't know. But uh, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know where we go from here. I think you're right. Your video is blurry, by the way. Uh-oh. Blurry? Why? So I, huh? wonder, I wonder why. You know, as amazing as it is that I can offend someone by having a conversation with you about a kid's movie that came out 30 years ago or whatever it was, is it more amazing that other folks on the internet who, well, let's be honest, they have a more successful show than we do, can have such childish beefs with other folks on the internet? 
I'm interested on how where you're like how you're taking. Well, let this. me ask you because I've, I've given you some of my examples off the air on like whose side I'm kind of on on this thing and what I what I think's right here, but I'm curious on what your thoughts are. Well, let me ask you this. So before we even say who we're talking about, or I say who I'm talking about, just well, it would create a hypothetical situation here. Okay. Our podcast is wildly successful. It gets tons of views on YouTube. We have a wealth of sponsors to choose from who pay us well to pitch their product. We also have all things considered flourishing careers outside of the podcast world, maybe like, I don't know, in stand-up comedy or music or maybe journalism or maybe being on TV and being mm -hmm. a reporter. Mm -hmm. So you and I are both in that situation. Would you choose to publicly get into uh, some sort of back and forth with someone else from that community? Or would you just go, I'm successful. I probably shouldn't do this because it's kind of petty and childish. What would you do? Mm, I mean, I would try. Would you, I, would, I guess I, would you use this success to your advantage because you have a following who backs you? Okay, well, hang on. Say that one more time. Say the end. Would you use the success to your advantage because with the success comes a following and that following will then have your back in this public verbal dispute that you're having with someone else? I think it's a dispute that did, like... I, I, you need to stay away from it. Like that there's you no should, right? there's no reasoning for it. And and to be honest, this is another scenario I think that I don't think this was supposed to be as big as it was. I think this was an off the cuff out of con not out of context, but a small amount of a podcast that was talked about, but that turned out to be damage could be damaging for someone's career. Really? So based on what you just said and based on the question that I asked, mm -hmm. is it safe to say that they're no better than us and no one else or not better than anyone else on the internet? Because they seem to say all the time that they are. <laughs> Fair question, right? <laughs> yeah, true. Fair question. Talk about all the money, talk about all the blah, 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 all the things they do. Safe to say, with that success and with the money and with whatever, whatever it is that they consider to be, you know, that whatever that that merit is that makes them successful. Mm -hmm. Safe to say that with all that, they're still not above being petty, and being just like the rest of the internet. I guess is my point. And this actually gets more petty if you, or w which we'll get into. So for anybody who doesn't Explain know, what we're talking, about. we're talking about. Okay, the, the only thing I don't know about this story is, so we're talking about Brennan Schaub was on Joe Rogan's podcast. When was this that, that this whole thing blew up again? Because they're, we're talking about something that happened five years ago. No, no, no. So it didn't, well, here's the thing. So five years ago, and this is this, the, the beef is between really just Brendan, but now I guess it's the fighter and the kid and Ariel Hawani, who is, for those that don't know, he's one of the most popular well-known mma combat sports journalists out there mm -hmm. um he's done a show with chael sonnen he's done a show with 
you know, Daniel Cormier. Mm -hmm. He has his own show. He's been on ESPN. He's been on Fox. Been all over the place. Mm -hmm. If you watch MMA, even a little bit, you know who he is. And if you don't know his name, you've seen his face. Mm -hmm. But five years ago, they, Joe Rogan and Brendan Schaub were talking about how he got fired or banned by the UFC because he leaked this story about Brock Lesnar fighting at UFC 200 and the UFC wanted to do it. They had this big promo video prepared. So they are going to be the ones to... So are you saying they were talking about this five years ago or this was recent and they're talking about something that happened five years ago? Five years ago, Rogan said it. And gotcha. then I think okay. Brendan Schaub shortly after that said it. Okay. But it's been okay. a five-year thing that Ariel Harwani has been trying to get past because he didn't leak anything. He didn't say anything that was given to him off the record. He thought he was doing his job. Right. For the UFC claimed like, no, we had a video. We had this whole thing and you ruined it. Right. So he got let go by Fox, I believe at the time. And I guess the UFC had something to do with that. Was this for the, that's Mark... always been the, the story. Was this for the Mark Hunt fight? Yes. Cause that was the yeah. last fight UFC he had, 200. right? UFC 200. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, Ariel, Ariel didn't leak anything, but he reported that Brock Lesnar would be fighting at UFC 200. So it was, they kind of made the surprise less than what it should have or could have been. Right. right. Ariel never really addressed. He addressed it that, you know, five years ago saying that and Joe Rogan's not right about this. But then I guess Brendan Schaub brought it up again on his fight companion show. But not only that, he brought it up, then also said that, you know, Ariel's he's said on other shows that Ariel was let go by ESPN. He's not easy to work with. And everybody he knows says he's a pain in the ass. And Ariel, of course, defended himself like, I don't know what the fuck this guy's talking about, but that's definitely not true. I've never been fired. It's been contracts, this and that. <clears throat> and instead of just kind of leaving it at that, Helwani's been then getting personal about Brendan as far as like his comedy and paying people to be on his shows and so on and so forth. So it's been this weird back and forth between, again, two successful people who claim to be better than the rest of the internet and above all the antics. Not really. Well, so we haven't seen any of them yet that I've, that I can tell, but Helwani is stating that Brendan Schaub private messaged him and apologized to him privately. And Helwani's uh, retort to that was, you said, you said this stuff publicly, and now you're going to try to message me privately to apologize. He's like, that doesn't fly. You need to go to the platform that you originally said this stuff on and apologize publicly for it. So right. what I was going to tell you is that if I was Ariel, uh, apparently they told him, apparently Callan and Shah both told him that they were going to publicly apologize and they've not done it. And if I was Helwani, I would have waited a little while, seen if it, seen if they did apologize for it. And if not, show those, show those private messages on social media, prove it that they did apologize because I think that blows their cover. Well, he doesn't need to because Brendan did admit to texting him and apologizing. But then anytime he goes on his platform, he's very passive aggressive and condescending about everything. Right. Which you is know? just a pride thing by him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's very, to me, the, the thing that I don't really care about either of them. Um, in a sense that this beef is fine. I do what you got to do. 
I, I mean, you know, Ariel thinks he's defending his job and his career. And Brendan, I don't know if he really understands what's happening because <laughs> let's be honest. I don't know if he understands much about anything, but the, the interesting thing is these, both of these guys are guys who have in the past on their platforms kind of taken the we're better approach. We're better than other podcasts. We're better than other people on the internet who do what we do, so on and so forth. So you, you, but now it's you gone have, to the petty level where you have gotten that from Helwani also? Kind of, not as bad. Maybe I, mean, I should leave him out of that, but I, I well, feel like it, well, yes, I, I kind of, I, I kind of see where you're coming from because I've heard a lot of interviews that he's done in podcasts that he's done and stuff like that, and he does have a little bit of an arrogant side to him. But I think the majority of the time, I, from the way I take it, it I, I think he's he has a little bit of arrogance towards like he knows that he's good as what he what he does, but I, I've never taken it as I think I'm better than everyone else doing this. Yeah, I mean, I should probably leave him out of that. Because he also doesn't do a comedy podcast. His podcast is very much about MMA and combat sports. Right. So th there's a clip that I can play also that you sent me from The Fighter and the Kid that basically has Brendan Schaub saying, uh, I did nothing wrong. And Callan, right. and Callan is telling him, basically saying, yeah, you, you're, you're, you're acting innocent right now. Do you take that right. as Callan's pushing back? No. You don't? You think it's no. just joking? Yeah, they're both just passive aggressively just joking about it. Yeah. Hmm. Play it. Okay. Give me one second. But the other thing, again, this is petty because both sides now, you know, Brendan's taking the, well, you can come say it to my face approach. I bet you won't talk like this to my face. And Helwani's taking the whole, you know, my resume speaks for itself. This is what I've done. Mm -hmm. What have you done type thing? How successful are you? And again, when you have two two sides that are both successful, uh, you know, apparently in such a petty public dispute, again, well, you're not better than the rest of us, are you? Right. Play the clip. All right, here we go. I didn't do anything. You're, you're acting Lil, very innocent. Little right me? Now. You're not little old you right now. Little me? You're, you're being mischievous. Here, here's here's my you whole thing with if you want to squash the beef, whatever. If he has beef, that's fine. I dare you. I did, 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 did. Bah, 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 bah. dare you. Come on the show. You won't talk like this in my face. Or I'll, I'll fly to New York. Dude, come on. Come on. Stop looking lost. You're looking lost and innocent, right? What a mature guy. So... I don't like that he's taking that route on this because he thinks that he can intimidate Ariel Hawani if he gets in a face-to-face -face match with him and he thinks that by intimidating him, he won't talk like he's been talking. To be fair, to be fair, while he is taking the dude bro Chad approach to this, to be fair... Helwani did say on one of his last the last times he talked about it that he's had disputes before with people and he's gone to their face. He's not afraid to say anything to anyone's face. And then he kind of alluded to the idea that if he ever saw these two, meaning Callan and Schaub, that they would run the other way. So it's antagonistic on both sides. It's silly. I would and like again, I would I like only... to I would like to see it happen though in in a face to face setting. 
if Helwani really wouldn't be intimidated by this by doing this because I think Helwani would have the upper hand. Like I don't I don't know that Shab can defend his case because it's always uh, a he said she said type of thing. Well, if you're saying that Helwani is capable of having an intelligent conversation <laughs> and Brendan is not, I agree with you 100%. <laughs> And I d -d 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 dare Brendan to try to have an intelligent conversation with Ariel Hawani. Right. Um, I don't know. Again, I find this interesting because, and again, maybe I won't lump Hawani into this. I'll, I'll, I'll take a break. I'll take it easy on him. But firing the kid, they, they're, they're above everything. They're, they're comedians. Everything's comedy. The rest of the internet, we're all losers. We're just trying to do what they do. I don't know. Again, maybe you're just not as maybe you're not better than anyone. You're not above anyone. Right. Because you've been reduced to the same petty bullshit that you say the rest of us do. Well, the other thing that we haven't talked about that got thrown in the mix here too is that Shab made the comment that Helwani would have never got the showtime gig if Shab didn't get bring it. that up. Yeah. If Shab didn't pass on it. So what? And the arrogance that he had when the arrogance in his tone. Right. But, but so, so what? Just because you weren't the first pick for a job, they wanted somebody else and that person chooses not to do it. If you were still successful in that position, why does it matter? So that's something. And again, he said that publicly on a podcast in a room full of fighters and comedians and whoever else was there. Mm -hmm. That's him being a douchebag, in my opinion. Yeah. That's not something you say on a public forum. You say that off air to right. Josh Thompson. You don't say that on air. Like you don't say it's just a douchey thing to do. Mm -hmm. That's all it was. I, I was in, I was interested. You sent me a clip of uh, Helwani on Pat McAfee's podcast, and I was interested to see how McAfee was going to react to this because he's he's friends with Shab, right? They're like they're pretty good friends. I don't know. You don't know? I guess. Because he, mean, he, yeah. he, well, he was trying to play, he was playing middleman. Like, you know, he was, right. he was, he right. was telling Helwani that he appreciates everything that he's done in his career and he likes, you know, basically boosting him up. And he wasn't bad mouthing Shab, but he was saying, like, not, not bad mouthing him either. He was kind of, you know, right. I've known Shab for a long time, this, that, and the other. But it's not, it's not McAfee's job to step in and say, you're right or you're wrong either. He just wanted to give Helwani the platform to, to get, you know, say what he wanted to say. Yeah, he said he was happy for him, for proud of him, for standing up for himself or whatever. But, I mean, again, if, if someone was attacking my career and kind of jeopardizing the 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 impression that people get or the, the perception of who I am as a journalist, I, that would bother me. I don't know if engaging in such a childish or petty back and forth is the best idea, especially especially if you want to be considered a real journalist. Yeah. Because it, most wouldn't do this. So at this point, you're just a talking head. Yeah. Right? I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of Helwani. Uh, I, I've listened to his podcast quite a bit and stuff. Uh, th that's one downfall that I've seen is I've heard him on shows interviewing fighters to where a fighter will say something that might be a little condescending towards Hawani or something and automatically he feels attacked and he will during an interview with somebody trying to promote the fighter will start having a back and forth with this like okay now you're attacking me instead of just like 
pushing it to the side and getting on with the interview. It's more like, well, where did you hear that? Or, you know, something like that. And then most of the time it's he said, she said type stuff. Oh, well, this person told this person that told me, you know, so he has, it's not that he doesn't have the right to do it. And it's not that he's not, he shouldn't be, uh, I don't know, fighting for himself, but also you're in a platform where you're like interviewing people. So that should be a different thing. Yeah, but I, again, I kind of I've I take that back to what I said. Like that's just the day and age we're in now in sports media and journalism. It's there. The, you're you're only interesting if you're getting into those disputes. You know. Yeah. That's how you get viewers. Yeah. If he doesn't stand up for himself and he doesn't question anything, which to be honest with you, as a journalist, you should question everything. Mm-hmm. You know, you should question everything. Now, again, should you, when you're interviewing someone, get into a back and forth with them? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But again, that that type of back and forth is what's going to get him more viewers. So well, he's not dumb. He well, knows that. I, if, if there's a different back and forth, like if it's a back and forth to where they say something, say a fighter is, that he's interviewing is saying something about somebody else and you don't really agree with that, there's a difference in having right. a back and forth with that versus... Right feeling attacked as the interviewer and then now you've made the show about you that's not right. that's not how this works if you're interviewing somebody else the show's about them not about you sure so but as you said you get yeah. clicks if you do if you do the attacked role too so and and that's the thing like i said that's the world we live in is it really about the person you're interviewing or is it about you i would say in most cases it's about you yeah. with most people yeah. Speaking of which, and we we can end on this. I was listening to Shane Gillis on Burt Kreischer's podcast. Okay. And it's amazing to me. And maybe it's just because they these guys just want to be friends with him because it helps in a way, I guess, to to know Burt Kreischer and and to be on on, on his good side. But if it were me, I'd I'd want to go. This is an odd. I would just. In the middle of it, I would stop him and go, this is an odd podcast. And he'd go, well, what do you mean? i go, because you do nothing but talk about yourself. Why right. am I here? Why am I here? Right. Some part of this is interesting, but when are you going to stop talking about yourself? That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I think that in podcasting. And, well, and- I think there's a lot of, uh, I think a lot of comedians, too, they take that approach because, their fans want to hear about them. That's why they're listening to their podcast, right? So, well, like, then don't have it, another, don't have someone else on. Well, but the, but their but their approach is okay. Well, I'm going to bring somebody on, but I'm going to talk about them in how they fit into my life, right? So, like, we're going to talk, we're going to tell stories, sure. but it's where I'm involved too, and you are there kind of thing and that's sure. how and that's how they help promote and then it, and then oh at the end let's uh go ahead and plug everything you got going on even though we just talked about me for an hour <laughs> exactly <I don't> know. <clears throat> here's what i'm saying none of you are better than raised on the radio just remember that and on that let's go <laughs> how condescending was that <laughs> now you get it i, now I, you see I don't what they do. i don't think i do but i'll, I'll roll yes, with you it do. you get it <laughs> I'm making nothing but sense. (laughs) 
Alright, we're out.